Are you sick of hearing you don't have enough experience to get work? Visit iPath.com to get the first part of our auto damage certification for free. Hello and welcome to the Independent Adjuster Podcast by IAPath. My name is Chris Stanley, and we're here to help you figure out how to get work in this industry and ultimately how to claim your life. Hey, IAs, welcome back to the Independent Adjuster Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Stanley, and thanks so much for being here today. As we wrap up this series that has drug on for months, not my intention, um, uh, it's drug on for months as we, we were walking you through the IA path. And now the IA path is eight steps to getting work as an independent adjuster or appraiser. And this path is universal. It doesn't matter whether you want to get auto, property, desk claims, doesn't matter. If you're an independent adjuster or appraiser, this is the path that you will have to walk. Whether you do it in this exact order, whether you try to skip a step or whatever, hey, yeah, it might work out. But these are the steps I would recommend to anyone who's getting started. And now, so we've talked about um, seven steps so far. So step one was getting your license or determining if you needed to get a license to start getting work. Uh, in daily claims, you know, you don't have to get uh, a license uh, a lot of times to do daily auto claims. So you've got to determine, do I need a license? Do I not? If I do want, need to get one, I need to get that license. And that's step one. Step two is training. You got to learn how to do the dang job, right? You've got to learn how to do that. That was step two. Step three is was setting up the business. Okay. We got down to business and how to set up your adjusting business uh, to make sure that you could accept claims close claims, get paid for claims, all that good stuff. Uh, number four is getting certified. Certified, how it's different from training is, certified is proving you actually know how to do something. We talked about how State Farm certification is proving you know State Farm guidelines. Uh, the It doesn't really <laughs> prove you know how to do the job, but then you need to go get some certifications that prove you know how to use the software, prove you know how to do the job. And so that's why certifications are so important. Uh, step five of the IA path is uh, having a good resume, a claim resume. And we talked about the acronym that told you how to create a great resume based on what recruiters and hiring managers had told John Bachman and myself. Um, step six was networking. How do you successfully network in our industry? How do you rub elbows? What is the principles and the mindset and the perspective that you need to have if you want to be successful uh, as you go out into the industry. And then uh, step seven, I was a little vulnerable last time, explained how we kind of uh, over, overshot our expectations of when adjuster score would come out, uh, but how adjuster score is the new uh, adjuster competency testing, um, the first of its kind in our industry, that's going to be a standard to be able to say, hey, this person graduated from MoCat. This one came from Matthew Allen. This one came from iPath. But what the freak do they know compared to each other? Because a lot of I firms need to know, like, what do you actually know and in what categories are you very competent and what are you not? So it's going to help the I firms know and be able to find people based on the qualifications and be able to be, able to be comforted knowing, hey, that person's strong in this, weak in this. We can work with that. A lot of people just want to know where the weaknesses are, and it's okay because we all have them. Um, and so that was uh, step seven. And then step eight, final step of the eight steps to getting work as an independent adjuster is 
roster. So that's what we're going to talk about today is getting on rosters. And now I have a lot to say, I feel like, on getting on the rosters. Um, And if you don't know what getting on a roster means, it means that the companies you're trying to get work from as an independent adjuster, they have these huge lists of independent contractors, you, an independent adjuster, who want to get work from them or saying, I am eligible to receive claims from you. Um, If you think, uh, like a lot of times, governments will have contracts and different rosters, basically, of even lawn care people. Like if person A fails to mow a lawn, well, who are we calling? Well, they're a certified vendor. We can work with them. Okay, well, let's get them in here to mow the lawn. Joe failed today, right? So you've got to think that you have to be on this list to even hope to get work. But every company has a separate list. That's what's so crazy is you have to go out and get on as many companies as you potentially want to work for. And just because you're on a roster doesn't mean you're going to get work. So a really big piece of this is in the first place I'll start is just because you're on a roster doesn't mean you're going to get work. Okay. Make that realization. Make that sink in and understand that uh, getting on a roster is great. Just because you got on pilot's roster or attended an orientation for alacrity or Talk to the best IRS does not mean you have money in your pockets. Don't quit your day job. Don't do any of that. That getting on rosters is just a step to getting a claim. It is a step. But the net, you got to pull in everything we've talked about up until now to getting on that roster. Now you're reaching out saying, hey, here's my resume. It lists all these things. Um, I saw that you need help handling claims in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm only an hour from there. I would love to cover that area for you so that way you don't have a gap in coverage. And you can see on my resume, I have an adjuster score of 800, blah, 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 right? You can tie everything we've talked about of how to network, getting your resume, everything culminates in you're getting on this roster because what they're going to do is, okay, put give us your bank account information. Oh, it's got to be a personal. It can't be a personal bank account. It's got to be a business bank account. Give us your documents of LLC so we can make sure we have that information. Oh, if you didn't have that from step three, where would you be, right? So everything we've done up until this point should make getting on rosters really simple. That is the hope, is that this is now just a slam dunk. Um, But getting on rosters, um, it it encapsulates everything uh, that we've talked about so far. Uh, and when you reach out to companies, when they respond to you and say, okay, great, we'd love to get you on the roster, my number one tip would be to do that fast. Don't contact a bunch of companies if you're going to take a vacation for a week. Because here's the reality. If you don't move fast, if you don't turn that paperwork in in a timely fashion, they assume that's how you're going to be about claims. And it's logical to assume that. I've heard an IA firm say, if we see people not turning in their paperwork, their onboarding paperwork quickly, we tend to just put them at the bottom of the list because they're not quick and we want quick people. So just understand that everything, every interaction you have with an IA firm is affecting where you rank on this roster, okay? And so some companies will say, hey, we'd really like you to come to this training uh, so we can get to know you and we can make sure that you understand our expectations about how to write roof claim, you know, uh, uh, sketches and how to inspect damaged homes and or how to inspect damaged vehicles or whatever. And all of that's great, but use those opportunities. You should already know what you're doing because you don't want to show up to an IA firm's training and be like, duh, I've never done this before. 
You don't want to be that guy. I've seen it. Or gal. You don't want to walk in. Those eye firms are not there to train you. They will say it because they're nice human beings, but they are not there to train you. You do not ask your customer to train you. That is a disaster waiting to happen. That is terrible customer service. That is a wicked bad mindset to have in business is that I'm going to have my customer train me. Absolutely not. No way. Moving on and hiring somebody else, right? You use those trainings if you choose to attend the IA firm trainings as a way to network. We're networking. We're proving ourselves. We're showing we know how to do this job. That all is encompassed here in rosters. You don't go take the firm's training until now, okay? Because when we show up as professional, trained, certified adjusters that are understand it's about them and their problems and you can basically show off. You don't want to come off that way, but you are going to show off. You're going to stand out as different to everybody else, whether it's just an email conversation, whether it's through a conference like NACA, whether you're going to an in-person training with an IA firm, you will stand head and shoulders above the rest if you've done everything we've talked about till now. And they will be like, we've got to get this person to work before they go work for somebody else. Because that is how this industry works. People don't want to miss out on a great adjuster or appraiser um, because you get too busy because you're good. Trust me, that's how this works, okay? So if you're going to get on these rosters, and you should, you should get on a lot of them, okay? If you're getting on one or two, you're, you're mistaken. I think you should start with three to five right away. Um, and if you're doing daily claims, cat claims, it can fluctuate a little bit. But uh, cat claims, get on as many as you can. Uh, daily claim companies, you typically don't have to attend an orientation. It's usually a quick onboarding process. You need to get on at least five and five at a time. So get on with five, see if any work's coming in. If you're getting too overwhelmed, don't get on anymore. If you're not getting enough work, Get on up to 15 companies. I mean, seriously, most people who are working steady, long-term, doing daily claims are working for 10 to 15 companies. That makes sure there's no not too deep of valleys. And when things get too busy, they kind of just cut off uh, one or two firms and say, hey, I can't handle any claims. It's too much right now. So that's kind of how that works. Uh, but the other thing you need to think about is as you get work, and as you choose these firms that you work with, you're kind of noticing on the onboarding process while you're getting on the rosters, kind of their culture. Start to identify who it is you really, really think you're going to enjoy working for, who has the process or the organization that really makes it easy for you to do your job. Because as you get busier here in the future when you're getting work, you're kind of going to have an idea of who you really want to make sure you... Um, put first in line for claims. Um, and at first, it's really anybody who will give you work. But as you move on, you'll start to notice that the people you usually enjoyed onboarding with are probably the easiest uh, to work with long-term. And so you'll start to see that correlation, but you could start to pick, I think I'm really going to enjoy working for this. Sure, I'll work for this guy because he's giving me work, even though it was frustrating. Um, but I think I'd really like to work with more of these. So then you can invest more time networking with them, maybe attending their training events, things of that nature to build up your relationship with them. So a lot of this happens then. Um, when you're first getting started, don't start out by negotiating rates. Dear Jesus, I just, this kills me. Uh, our graduates, we, we 
set an expectation of kind of what what to expect to get paid. Um, if you come out of training and certification and right away you're trying to negotiate with the IA firm, what the IA firm tells you they can pay you is typically what they can pay you or are willing to pay you as a new person. Once you've proven yourself for a year or so, sure, say, hey, you know, is there any way, I, is there any potential of increase here? Um, a lot of times in our industry, people believe rightfully so, this is a huge part of increase, is that if you're good, we're going to give you more work. So therefore, you're going to make more money. So you need five extra dollars a claim or an extra three percentage points on the fee schedule or whatever it is. Um, I don't know how we're rewarding you is we're giving you more work. Okay, so just understand when you come in and you start talking about rates and and because a lot of times they'll ask you, well, how much do you charge per claim? Um, if they say, hey, we can only pay you $60 a claim or $120 or $300 or whatever it is per claim for that type of claim type in your area, don't be like, well, no, I need 55. Be like, okay, well, if you're just starting out, accept what they offer you at first. You really should. 99 times out of 100, you should accept what you're offered right away. Get the work that you want. Even if it's lower pay, then hey, you're good. that's going to be one of the first companies you'll let go of. But sometimes it's just a training period or a, or a beta testing period to see that you actually can do this thing. And then they'll raise you up. Uh, but you never will know if you start uh, being too big for your britches right away. So kind of don't come into onboarding and getting on rosters, negotiating fee schedules or, um, you know, Jason Heenan said in the Just Talk, man, if the first thing they do is start talking about how what they need and what they can't do and what they can do. And he's like, that's probably not the adjuster I want to work with. And that's most firms. Most firms feel the same way. So make sure that when you come in, you're excited to work with this company. Even if long-term, maybe you're not, you're going to turn them off at some point. Prove to yourself that you can get work, get on a bunch of rosters and accept what you're given at first. Say yes a lot when you're getting started. Um, and that's that's kind of my big things for rosters is, is get on a bunch of them. Uh, realize a roster is a roster. It's not a promise of work. And um, don't negotiate right out of the gate. Don't do that. Don't do that. It, it's a really bad taste. Oh, and turn in the paperwork quickly. Do those things. And your onboarding experience is going to be way better. Be professional. Include all that networking savvy we taught you a few episodes ago and make this thing happen for you. And sooner or later, probably sooner, if you're following all this advice, you're going to end up at the milestone of your career. You're going to get your first claim. And when you do, I don't care whether you graduated our program, whether uh, you just listened to the podcast and do this, whether you bought the Networking Adjusters Playbook and and you followed it to a T or the independent adjuster's playbook and you followed the roadmap and, and you did it and you got your first claims, I want to hear about it. I want to hear when you get your first claims and I want to celebrate with you. So feel free to email me, chris at ipath.com. Just say something like, hey, I got my first claims. I'm so excited. Love it. I would love to hear. I would love to celebrate with you. And thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you're getting a lot out of it. If you are, Leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is you listen. Uh, you know, leave a note. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, and then I would I read those and I and I'd love uh, getting that feedback and it lets other people know whether this podcast is worth listening to or not. But that is the end of the conclusion of the eight steps to getting started as an independent adjuster. 
the eight core steps of the IA path. And um, the, there's a, a separate section on this path that we'll probably be talking about these for the rest of our lives on this podcast, for the rest of the time of our podcast. We'll talk about heavy equipment and, and catastrophic auto and auto value appraisals or the appraisal clause or diminished value, bodily injury, property claims. All of these are kind of things that you move on to once you get your first claims. We recommend, once again, starting daily auto in your local area part-time. I know most people don't even know you can do that. Yes, you can do that. That is the easiest way to get started, to get good, to become an insurance professional. And then you can kind of move on to these other areas and beyond. There's so many opportunities in our industry, but getting your first claims is the hardest part. So if you can knock that out of the way and you're actually a working IA, it's a totally different ball game than if you've never gotten a claim in your life. And on your resume, it says, uh, zero claims handled, right? When they ask you how many claims you handled in your career and you could say 100 uh, auto cl- daily auto claims out of St. Louis, Missouri, that changes the way you're viewed in this industry. So until next time, keep walking your path and claiming your life. And I uh, look forward to the next uh, season or the next era, the next series of the Independent Adjuster podcast. I don't know what that is yet. We actually uh, brought Max Olson into IAPath. He's now the director of media. We've been having some really exciting conversations between him, myself, and Brad Fancher. And even we brought, I uh, just talked with Kobe Hearn this morning about it as well. And uh, we've got some ideas of things we want to do here, um, but I don't want to re- announce them yet. I want to make sure we get some of these things uh, recorded and done before we announce them. Um, and then that way, uh, when we roll it out, it, it, it's something that you know is coming rather than me promising and and waiting three months for the next episode so thank you guys so much for listening keep walking your path and claiming your life are you dreaming of a career in auto damage but find yourself not meeting the experience requirements you can try the first part of our seven part auto damage certification for free This allows you to dive deep into auto damage training with no strings attached. And if you love it, you can continue on and purchase the full program. With this certification, you gain not just in-depth knowledge and skills, but also an all-access pass to our exclusive community, a full year of mentorship, and yes, get the two to five year experience requirement waived with over 40 firms. Your future in auto damage begins today. Visit iPath.com to start your free trial and discover where iPath can take you. iPath. Claim your life.